the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 10. I want to read uh, to you uh, the first 10 verses. He begins with this discourse about the shepherd and the sheep. All over Israel in the countryside, shepherds are still there, still watching over their flocks. And they were there in Jesus' day, and Jesus talks about them. Chapter 10, verse 1, I tell you the truth, a man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a what? A robber. I want you to skip to verse 3. The watchman opens up the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because... They do not recognize a stranger's voice. So we come to verse 6. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. It went right over their heads. And so verse 7, and this is our text today, verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. Therefore, Jesus said, again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. And all who ever come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. And verse 10 reads, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the what? To the full. Jesus is talking about salvation specifically how you get saved how you enter into god's sheepfold the entry point to salvation is jesus christ look at verse 9 he says basically the same thing i am the gate and whoever enters through me will be saved he's talking about salvation Now, in context, he's primarily talking to Jewish people. He's talking to Jewish leaders. He's talking to some Jewish people who believe that he's the Son of God. He's also talking to some Jewish people who do not believe that he's the Son of God. 
But look again at verse 9. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I want you to write this down. That word whoever means that everyone who enters through me will be saved. He's talking about every Jew and every Gentile. It's available to all. Whoever means everyone. The greatest verse in the Bible, John 3, 16 reads, For God so loved the entire world that he gave his one and only Son, that, there's this word again, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. And what he's saying is no matter who you are, whatever your background, whatever your mistakes, regardless of your age, regardless of your nationality, regardless of your education, regardless of your heritage, regardless of your sin, regardless of your transgressions, you can be saved today. It's available to you. If you want to be saved, you can be saved here today. There are two parts to salvation. I've told you this. There's God's part and there's your part. God's part's called grace. When he, while we were yet sinners, he allows Jesus to die on a cross. When Jesus dies on the cross, that's grace because we didn't deserve that. But he loved us and he loves us more than anything. And so he, he willingly dies on that cross and that's called grace and grace is available to all. Now the question is your faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says we're saved by grace through faith. It's when grace and faith connect is where salvation occurs. All the grace in the world isn't going to do you any good unless you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And so the question is, will you choose? Will you decide? Are you willing to walk through that door? It's your choice. God created us with free will. He doesn't force anyone to walk through that door. He'll show you the door, but you've got to walk through that door. But I want to make this clear. It doesn't matter how famous you are, how rich you are, how smart you are, how wise you are, how gifted you are. None of those things are going to get you into heaven. There's only one way to be saved. There's only one door, one gate, one access point, and that's Jesus Christ. Number three, this is a critical point. He is the exclusive door. It's not door one, door two, pick a choice. It's only one door. Verse nine, again, the text says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. The Pharisees, the religious leaders in Jesus' day thought they were the ones that were judged. They were the ones who could decide who was righteous and who was unrighteous. And Jesus is saying to them, that's not your job, brother, that's my job. I am the door, I am the gate, write this down, there is no other way. Aren't two, aren't three, aren't four, only one way. Now hear me out, that's not politically correct. That's not culturally correct. Because modern belief is that Jesus is just one way to get to heaven. Modern belief is that there are multiple ways to get to heaven. There are multiple doors, multiple means But he emphasizes the only people that are going to get saved are those people who come through me to let you know and to let me know that there is only one door, there is only one gate, and he is that gate, he is that door. You see, we in our culture today, we're so blessed. If you turn on the radio, we have multiple options. You can listen to sports or news, or you can listen to music, 
If you have cable or dish network, you have thousands of television stations. You can sit there and just change them all day long. If you like coffee, there's hundreds of different uh, coffee shops in Los Angeles. It's in our culture. We are people who like choices. But when Jesus claims that he's the only way to receive salvation, people scream, that's narrow-mindedness. They, they scream, that's discriminatory. And most people would share the belief that Jesus is one of the ways to salvation, but he's not the only way. But ladies and gentlemen, you have to hear me out. The Bible teaches, the Word of God teaches, that there's only one way for any of us to get saved. And that's through walking through that door, walking and entering a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the only way. <laughs> Acts 4.12 says these words, that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name. I want you to say no other name. There is no other name under all of heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Now, there's icing on the cake. How many of you like icing on top of your cake? Uh, when you walk through that door, if you choose to walk through that door, besides being saved, there's three other blessings that come your way. Number one, write this down, is security, safety. He says there in verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And then it says, he, he's talking about you, the sheep. You will come in and go where? In and, in and, it's in and out hamburger, right there. <laughs> it's why I go over there, is because it's biblical to go in and out. <laughs> there it is. No, it says that the sheep will be able to come in and out there's a certain confidence when you're saved when you get saved as you come to church there's just something you know when you're here in the safety of god's fold oh it feels good in here doesn't it right but in a little while we're going to have to go out and out there it's it can be dangerous it can't there's many temptations out there and there's there's hurdles and heartache and all kinds of things that we have to go through but as a believer once you get saved once you walk through that door once you're in god's sheepfold while well, you can come in and out doesn't matter where you go god's still going to be watching over you he's going to be caring for you you are a part of his family and he will protect you amen he will later explain to them in verse 28, he says these words, I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. He says again in verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. You need to realize that when you walk through that door, you accept Jesus Christ and you give your life to him, God places you in his hand and he will, he will let no one ever come and remove you from his hand of pr protection. You are in God's hands forever. Amen. Number two is sustenance. Not only security and safety, but he will sustain you. 
He said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find what? Find what? You're going to find pasture. Oh, that doesn't mean much to some of you here, but when you go to Israel and you look around the hillsides there in Palestine, it's not easy if you live out in the countryside to find adequate food for the flock because everything is so rocky. So the shepherd would lead the sheep to where they could graze, and the sheep became dependent upon the shepherd to locate an adequate pasture for which they could feed. And over time, the sheep actually learned to trust in the shepherd, that the shepherd cares for them, that the shepherd provides. And so they would follow that shepherd and the voice of the shepherd because they knew that he would always lead them someplace where they could feed. Isn't that what Psalm 23 verse 1 says? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want because he makes me lie down in what? In green pastures. And he leads me beside quiet waters. And he restores my soul. And what else do you need except food and water and rest and peace? He gives you security. He gives you sustenance. Number three, he gives you surplus. That's what verse 10 says, that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have what? Life and have it to the full, or have it abundantly. Now there's different Greek words for that word life. When he says, I've come that they might have life, one of the words for life is the word bios. And you know, you, you know that word, biology, the study of life. And, and bios has to do with your life, how it works, how it functions, how long you live your accomplishments, your wealth, your health. That's bios, your life. But that's not the word he uses here. He doesn't say, I've come to give them bios. It says, I've come to give you, and he uses the word zoe, Z-O-E, but it's pronounced zoe. Everybody say zoe. And when he says, I've come to give them life, he doesn't use bios, he uses the Greek word zoe, which means that he's come to give you a god centered blessed full life now hear me out all humans all of you already have bios all of you have bios but you don't all have zoe if you're not a christian you don't have zoe we all have bios but he said i've come not just to give you bios i've come to give you zoe I want to give you a full life, and that word means surplus, an abundance of life, an abundance of blessing. If you're unsaved, this might be difficult for you to understand, but you can have more money than me, you can have a bigger house than me, you can have a nicer car than me, you can be more famous than me, you can have more friends than me, but I want you to know my life is fuller than your life. You say, well, how is that possible? It's because I have things that money can't buy. I have things that money can't touch. I have a peace that passeth all understanding. I have a contentment. I can be happy in need and happy in plenty. I have the forgiveness of sins. 
My sins have all been forgiven. What is that worth? I know that I live in the will of God. That this very moment I'm doing what God wants me to do. What is that worth? And I have the assurance of everlasting life. That if I died right now, knowing I've already walked through that door, that I'm a part of God's sheepfold, that I'm going to be in heaven forever and ever. What is that? There, no, no money can buy that. God has come to give you Zoe. I close with this story. There's a girl in our church, and uh, she grew up in this church. And she's like a lot of young people, not all young people, but a lot of them, who come to church... But during the week, went out and was involved in things of this world. You know, we have people that go to the clubs on Friday night and Saturday night, and then they come to church on Sunday. How crazy is that? Make up your mind. You want to live for God or live for the things of this world? But this girl, she grew up, she did both, right? A lot of young people do that. Well, God began to work in her life. And she began to grow up a little bit, amen? She went on a mission trip. She uh, got involved with uh, Tim Tebow, uh, his mission organization, and went to the Philippines and did some missionary work over there. And She started to grow and mature. And then one day she moved. She went to Nashville, Tennessee. But God gave her a burden for kids that were living the way she used to live. And she tried to get in these bars and rescue these girls that are hanging out there. And just, she started a Bible study. And first she had a couple of girls, then she had three girls, then five, then seven, then 10, then 15, then 20. And so now she's got this Bible study. Sometimes there's 30, 40, 50 girls that show up sometime. She called me a couple weeks ago she said, Pastor, I want to ask a favor. She goes, I got these girls. And she goes, a lot of them have never been to church, never, never heard a sermon. All they know is me and our little Bible study. And she goes, but we're baptizing some of them. And uh, there have been real changes in some of their lives. And she goes, I would like to show one of your sermons uh, to the girls' Bible study. And uh, she says, I want to show that sermon that you preach called Three sec. What happens three seconds after you die? And of course I said, yes. yes. But I also said what I'd like to do is talk to them before they see it. Because you know, they've never met me. This is kind of a shock to your system. <laughs> You've never once heard a sermon or been in church, and the first sermon you listen to is what happens to you three seconds after you die. <laughs> I said, it might be a little much. And so this last Tuesday night, I Skyped with these girls. And I said, send me a picture so I can show you. Here's the picture. This was Tuesday night. Here's all the girls in this girls' Bible study. Look at them. So I get on the Skype, and they're looking at me, and, I, you know, and I'm looking at them. And I said, hey, girls, I just, first of all, I want to thank you for listening. I, I want to, we're going to listen to this sermon. I said, there's a couple things you need to know before. First of all, the context. Our church has a theme every year, and this year it's the theme, the certainty of eternity. So this sermon fits underneath that umbrella. You just need to know that. Secondly, I said, I've been at my church for 31 years. I've been preaching. 
And so I said this, and they all laughed. I said, so I have street cred (laughs) with my church. They know me, and I know them. They've been listening to me forever. And every once in a while, I share something real heavy with them. They understand because they know my heart, and I know their heart. And then I told them this, and you've heard me say this. Some sermons, girls, some sermons are like ice cream with chocolate on top. And some sermons are like spinach. You don't like it, but it's good for you. (laughs) And I said, this sermon is like spinach. Some of you are not going to like what you hear, but it's good for you. And that, it's, it's a little heavy, but at the end, stay with it, because at the very end, it gets really, really good. And so then they watched the, the video, and then afterwards, I came back on. They asked me questions for almost an hour. And you should have heard the questions these girls asked. They wanted to know what happened to a child if a child died, or if a child had been aborted. One of them said one of their relatives is gay. They wonder, what, what happens if my gay relative dies? Where do they go? They asked me, what happens to people in remote areas in other countries around the world that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? What happens to them when they die? Oh, they had some good questions. But one of the main questions those girls asked me was, what happens when there's so many religions in the world and so many people believe different things? What happens to people if they're not involved in Christianity, but they're involved in some other religion. And I basically had to tell them basically what you've heard here today. I had to explain to them, don't get mad at the messenger. My job is simply to tell you what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches that there's only one way that any of us can be saved, and that's through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the same thing I said to them, I say to you. The same thing I say to you, I said to them. If you've never walked through that door, that is available to you today if you have the faith to study, to step out, to believe, to walk through that door, you will be saved and God will welcome you into his kingdom regardless of your past, regardless of the mistakes you've made. God is here today calling you, asking you to come and simply walk through that door. You will be saved. You will be secured. You will have surplus. There's all kinds of blessings that come. But it all begins with that first step of surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Amen? We hope the message you just heard today from Pastor Dudley was a blessing to you. Isaiah 55.11 reminds us that the preaching of God's Word never returns void. We want you to know we have phone counselors standing by and ready. If you are in need of prayer, our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. We know the enemy never rests, and his daily attack upon us remains constant. So please don't hesitate to call if you are alone and in need of someone to pray with. Our number again is 888-818-4777. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, 
or this ministry, visit our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.